ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Malthouse Games Podcast. This is episode number 81. We are a podcast all about board games, card games, tabletop games, role-playing games, things of that sort. My name is Delton. I'll be your host this Thursday evening, and with me today, as usual, is my lovely wife and yellow player, Haley. The Santa scared the heck out of me as well, so... I told you, don't be startled. Don't be startled by the intro. I have so many great ideas for our actual Christmas episode. Do you? Yes. We'll have to talk about those. Okay. To be continued, ladies and gents and peoples and everyone. This was a sound clip I found on freesound.org. I did not create this. And I'll obviously, with all my audio, I put it in the, you know, the show notes. I make sure to credit the people and say what I've done to it. You mean you don't know Santa? I don't know Santa. I thought you had a cameo from Santa. No, I could probably, somebody needs to get on that. (laughs) For real, that would be the best selling cameo Uh... of the year. Okay, I dominate Delton. Make me money. I need to have a fake white beard or a way to spray my beard white. And then I need the big suit. All of that can be arranged. Tax write-off. Honestly, for real, that's a way to make some cash right there. But come get my cameo. Because, or something. Or let's just make an OnlyFans that's just Santa. Oh, that would be great. And then you can pay to, like, have a private conversation with Santa. Yeah. And then, like, tell Santa what you want to be the perfect social distancing. Delton, why aren't we doing this? I don't know. I don't know because it's awkward and a little kid would be like, I, I want a gun. And I'll be like, mm, no. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. You'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> and it begins. As does the drinking. <laughs> so we're actually starting on a Thursday night tonight. Delta's yeah. like, oh, we should wait until Friday and Saturday. I was like, well, we're going to the drive-in tomorrow and then we can't Saturday. We got to go look at Christmas lights and do hood rat stuff. And so we're like, we're not going to wait until Sunday morning again. We are doing it Thursday night. We are tired, but you know what? We work for you. Yes, I wanted to wait till Saturday, but it's the smarter thing to do it today. That way my Saturday is more free. Amen. It's just how it works. Today, the first beer of the episode, because we drink beer almost every episode, is from Lively Beer Works, uh, which is out of Oklahoma City, where we are from and basically live. Ish. This is their India Pale Ale. They do not have fancy names for their beers. It is simply from Lively Beer Works. Here is our India Pale Ale. Here is our this. Here is our that. I recently learned that they do tastings at our friendly local liquor store that we walk to. It's pretty cool. They come up and set up and like pour little samplers, but we're kind of in the middle of a global pandemic, so I have yet to make it to one. Yeah, we'll save that. We'll save that for sure. Uh, so this IPA is 6.5% alcohol by volume. There are zero flavor definers on the can. I have a feeling it's going to be fairly straightforward standard IPA, but let's see. Cheers. It mm. definitely has that same hop scent. Smells like citra hops. Yep, you don't get a lot of earthy. You get a lot of that like... Grapefruit. You know, grapefruit, orange, citrus. Your friends, grapefruit essential oils spilling in their purse. Yep. It's got a nice haze, a nice cloudy, hazy gold color. I went ahead and took a drink. It starts off very light, but then attacks your tongue with the bitterness. It does finish heavy, doesn't it? Yeah, that's really 
backwards for a lot of IPAs because it really, when I first tasted it, I was like, oh, this is a really light IPA. Oh, no, it's not. Hello. It sort of reminds me of the, the same sensation I get drinking orange juice. When it first goes into your mouth, you don't quite register it yet. So it's this light, you know, kind of little bit of fruity. I guess you'd call orange juice fruity. A little bit of fruity flavor. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, boom, there it is. There's your orange juice. And that's how this IPA is. Right. It's actually really good. Yeah, I like it. I don't think I've had anything from Lively before. I don't even know. We were just talking before the podcast. and We've probably reviewed about 150, if not 160 beers. Maybe. Maybe because, okay, there's we're 81 mm-hmm. times 2 is 161. We've had coffee a few times and whiskey, so probably getting close to 150. We're probably close to, yeah, between 140, 150, I would think. And so who knows if we've had lively beer works, but we know that it's good. Yeah, because I, so I have a spreadsheet for those of you who do not know that has every episode, uh, every board game we've covered, whether it's on the podcast, a video, or both. We have every topic that we've covered, every question we've covered, and then all of the beers starting at episode like 35 or 36, whatever it was when I used to put them in the show notes, which I don't know why I forgot to put, I haven't been putting them in the show notes on the description. Oh. And I think I just forget. But I try to keep track of the beers we've had. That way, if we buy something, I can look on here and for the most part know, hey, we've had this on the episode. Let's try something new. Right. We also have our guests on there. Yes. I also have a column for guests, which is only two, which is the Alan and Ben episodes, which is 64 and 65. Check those out if you want to hear from Alan Girding and Ben Canellis. Speaking of Alan Girding, I want to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters. Woo! Thank you all very much for supporting our content, which is primarily the podcast. That is Allison, Alan, as I just said, Jesse, Catherine, Cliff, and Jennifer. Woo! You guys are awesome, and we appreciate you. For sure. It definitely helps us continue to grow and up our quality and content and things like that. Be like them and also be invited to the Malthouse Games Discord. Yes, you can go to patreon.com slash malthousegames. We share recipes, board game tips, really nerdy memes, and just our ongoings for the day. Which a lot, for Delton, a lot of World of Warcraft. I'm about to say, for Delton has been World of Warcraft lately. I have not opened this up to the general public yet. Is As of right now, is close friends and Patreon supporters. So if you want in on that, just follow us on Patreon and then send us a message and I will send you an invite. If not, that is okay. Just check out our Patreon and see what we're about. We're cool. I think so. So since last time, so last episode was my birthday episode, which was awesome. Awesome day. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of puzzles. Uh, Delt and I have been on quarantine for the last two weeks. We have not gone anywhere. Yay. Yay. Got an exposure. Yay. Yes. Sadly, my mother has contracted COVID-19. She's doing okay, has mild symptoms, but has been having an issue keeping the fever broke. She had it for nine days. She had nine days straight fever. Then off two days and then again for the last three. Yes, but it's been more mild the last three. uh, And she was doing good today. She said she felt better even though she couldn't get the fever to stop. So it stinks. Uh, Somehow, as as we know right now, this is day 13 of our 14-day quarantine. So far, we're good. Our test came back negative. We haven't shown symptoms like that. But, you know, this is a crazy virus, so you never know. We're being safe and making sure that we hit that 14-day mark as the CDC recommends and our testing facility recommends. And yeah, that's where we're at. No 13 days, 23 hours here, man. No, we're hitting 14 exact. Full 14. Aside from that, I've been playing a buttload of World of Warcraft. My goodness, if you ever played World of Warcraft and liked it and have wanted to get back in, 
This new Shadowlands expansion, yes, Haley, I'm going to talk about this. Oh, God. Is absolutely phenomenal, I think. It's very, very fun. The questing is entertaining. The end game content is entertaining so far. A lot of cool new things. They've done what they call the unpruning, where they have put things back in the game that they originally took out for simplification. So they've brought back some of the things that you love, but also still keep it simplified enough that newcomers aren't overwhelmed. So they did a very good job. I highly recommend it if you like World of Warcraft and want to jump in. Speaking of World of Warcraft, I think it is about time we revisit revisit the story of when I thought I was single. Go for it. So when Delton and I first started dating back in 2012... Uh, I guess this was 2013 now. We had been together for about five or six months or so. It was our first Valentine's Day. You know, Delton gives me a really sweet present. I buy him a three-month subscription to World of Warcraft because I love him. And so Valentine's Day weekend comes. I come down to Edmond. We exchange gifts. It's wonderful. I go back to Stillwater. Over the next week, I hear from Delton maybe two or three times. And if I do, it's quick text messages. And I went, <sighs> He's going to break up with me. He's ghosting me. And so I had plans to go back down to Edmond the next week. I packed my bags. I only packed like one night of clothes. I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to last. I'm just going to be prepared to come back. I told my roommates I'll probably be back. I get down there and Delton shows me, look how many hours I clocked in World of Warcraft. <laughs> Swear to God, this boy was working 35 hours a week at the bank. Had at least 12 or 15 course, uh, 12. 12 hours of coursework yeah. at UCO. And he had clocked like 30 friggin' hours at least <laughs> on top of that. So yep. think think about that. Think about that. That's like 77 hours where this fool was active in something and sleeping the rest. So finally I realized, okay, I'm not getting broken up with. I'm just, I know what I'm getting into now. You know exactly where I'm at. And so every time a World of Warcraft expansion comes out, I just, I'm single for a couple of weeks, but then all the stars align, we come back together and it's fine. Yeah. I've been trying to be good about it this time, but I was behind by about a week. So I've been trying to do the catch up in terms of Keeping up, which is a completely unnecessary thing that I will never truly like fully utilize staying on time with everything. But anyway, it's been great. Well, that's been our week. I've been doing puzzles while he's doing World of Warcraft. Puzzles and German television. Speaking of German things and puzzles, let's move to the game. Oh, here's the door. It's straight ahead. It's it's a game. So the game for this episode is a game that was originally put out in 2012 called Targi from Cosmos. The reason I said German and puzzle is it's sort of a puzzly little game. I don't know if that's quite the right term, but... But we needed a segue. We needed a segue, and it is a game produced. Cosmos is a German company, and it is made by a German designer. Targi is a two-player game that times in at about 60 minutes, which we find to be accurate. Uh, the designer is Andreas Steiger. Editing is TM Spiele. Illustrations, illustrations, I made that sound really weird. Illustrations is Franz uh, Fovinkel. Graphics is Imelda Fovinkel. God, these are the most German names ever. English translation is David Gammon. English editing is Camille Duhamel, Ted McGuire, and Tom Wetzel. And additional graphics is Dan Freitas. Beautiful. So this game did win the Kennerspiel des Jahres, which is like the German strategy game of the year. On the back here, it says it more accurately translates to Connoisseur's Game of the Year. Ah. So that's, in that's interesting. Also, this guy's first game design, which is also interesting. Impressive. So 
Targi is a two-player only game, as I said before, which we have a lot of. This one I did receive as a Board Game Geek Secret Santa gift this year. So thank you to my Secret Santa. I got this along with Riverboat and At the Gates of Loyang, two games I've wanted for a long time and just have never pulled the trigger on. So Targi is an interesting game, and I don't think I've played one quite like it before. The way it works is there is a five by five grid of cards out on the table. The outer, how many cards is that? 16? The outer 16 cards are a location to place your meeples. The inner nine cards are the cards that are going to give you more resources and some cards you can actually keep. So the way the game's going to work is you can place your meeple on one of those outside 16 cards, except the one that has the, like, bandit or robber. All he does is basically block the space from being usable unless you have an ability to get past it. You are going to place your person, and your opponent places a person, then you place a person, the opponent places a person, and you place your third, they place their third, and once all three are out, you will find the connecting card in the center nine where if you drew a line from your meeple, like if one is on the top row, you draw a line down. One is on the right side, draw a line left. Where those lines intersect, that is where you put a little favor token, I think is what they're called. I'm not 100%. You put your tribe marker. You put a tribe marker on that card. You will do this for both intersections. Then, in turn order, one player will take all the actions of your meeples on those outside cards and your tribe markers on the inside cards. Essentially, the outside cards give you some sort of ability. Sometimes they give you a resource, depending on which one you choose. But the inside cards are going to give you resources as well as cards you can purchase with your resources. You'll pick all three of your people up, making sure to do all those actions, whatever order you choose, picking up your tribe markers, doing all that kind of stuff. And then the last thing you'll do is any cards you take from the center that you'll purchase, you have your own like three row grid in front of you that you build from left to right and one row, you basically can't move anything once you place it. There's some things like if the four, all four cards are different at the end of the game, you get this extra points. Or if all four cards are the same at the end of the game, you get these extra points. You'll fill that out and move on. The game goes for, I think we counted, was it 12 rounds? Yes, 12 rounds. I think it was 12 rounds, but it's interesting. It's kind of hard to describe uh, Audio-wise, I would recommend looking at a picture of this game. Uh, it's just card-based with tokens. It's very interesting, but it was actually a really fun little puzzle to try to figure out and figure out how to work around your opponent or even cut them off at times. I really like it because, like Delton says, you have a grid, and depending on where you place your figurines, wherever they intersect, uh, it's kind of like in Battleship where you call out like A1 or uh, F7. Exactly. Wherever they intersect, that is wherever you pick up your resource or pick up your village or pick up your villager. And so it's really fun to do that because you can strategize, okay, if I want this one, I have to use my mental math and my logic and reasoning skills. I have to put my little figure there. But it's also really easy to screw the other person over because if you place your figure on one line, your opponent cannot place their figure on the same line on the opposite side. So it's really easy to screw somebody over in that and keep them from getting the things that they want. So if I see that, okay, Delton is going for this pattern here. He probably wants this uh, villager. I am going to place my meeple right here. And I would never do this because I never play mean in games. Mm-hmm. I never do. Even sure. though Delton thinks I do. I'm deleting your birthday episode. <laughs> what? Okay. No. <laughs> so uh, I can 
theoretically, you know, block it to where he, he, I know that he can't place his little figurine there. Exactly. So like Haley said, if you place your meeple on the left in the middle, you cannot and I cannot place my meeple on the right in the middle. You cannot place them like that. Uh, also, you cannot place, obviously, where anybody else has. So you can. You can block people off. And there were times where me and Haley both wanted a card. And if you're the first player, you can kind of take that first, you know, horizontal or vertical spot. But then your opponent can take the opposite. So if Haley takes the the vertical spot over the card that we both want and I take the horizontal, neither of us are going to get it. Right. It just cuts it off from both of us. So it's an interesting way you have to look at the game because you have to consider where are they placing? How can they place? What do I want? What do I want most? Priorities come in. And then those outside 16 cards where you place your people, some of those actually have abilities on them. One of them that I find to be really strong, and I know Haley does too, allows you to move one of your tribe tokens to an unoccupied card. So even if you don't have an intersection on that card, you can still move a token to it and actually take it instead. Mm -hmm. And that one I feel like we used a lot. Absolutely. I took that one every chance I could. Yeah, it was just, it was very, very strong. It was a very good ability. But it's a really interesting game because you are, you're not only playing around where your opponent plays, where you're playing, you're also then trying to manage resources. You need gold to purchase those, you know, what is it? There's Oasis, there's your villages, your tribes. Um, I can't think of the names of everything. I actually, I should probably start doing that periodically when we do the podcast. <laughs> it's like, I need to have the names of these cards. Go back to the rules. Yeah, go to the rules because like the resources are dates, salt, pepper, and gold. You know, I can only look so long while we're recording, but I can't find them. I know one is Oasis and one is either called Village or City. And there's also the one with the camel on there's, it. There's the camel rider. And then there's the villages. Yes, there's the, oh, here we go. There's the well, the camel rider, the Oasis, the Targia, and the camp. It was yes, camp. camp. Got yeah. it. So basically, this game has a really interesting thing. Uh, I'll read I'll read this first little paragraph just for the fact of letting you kind of know uh, where this game is coming from in terms of theme, because I know all the stuff we're talking about, you're like, well, obviously there's a desert involved with Oasis. How does that play in? It says, A Targi is a male member of the Tareg, a semi-nomadic people who inhabit the Sahara Desert in North Africa. They wear blue indigo-dyed veils and turbans to protect themselves from the harsh, wind-blown desert sands. The female members, or Targia, typically do not wear veils. For centuries, the Tareg people have controlled critical trade routes across the desert and have been instrumental in the spread of culture, religion, and goods throughout the vast region. Targi families are divided into tribes run by the Imasharan, or nobles. So that gives you an idea of what these cards mean and kind of how why the game is here is you're on those trade routes. Right. And so it's a really fun game. Uh, it was a theme that I think they did really well as well. I agree. I agree because it's basically highlighting a, a culture you've never heard of, gives you a little paragraph to say, hey, these are real people. Or a less known culture. A less known One culture. One that we didn't know about. Culture. Yes, exactly. And we got to be educated on it. We actually Googled it too. I know, which is really cool. Yeah. So it gives you that interest, which is awesome. And it's just, it's done well. It's a well done game. And I think that's what it comes down to is... It has some interesting decisions. It's fun. It's something where I think a skilled player could very much outplay a less skilled player based on just knowledge of the game. But it's one of those that's, it looks more complicated than it is. It plays a little bit longer than most two-player games, but it's very good. It's very solid. And I feel like it's one of these that we're going to bust out pretty often. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And plus, it's pretty long for a two-player game, too. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top-shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. So on to the topic today, as well as the next beer. Oh, there it was. I cracked it. I don't know if I, that audio is loud enough to stay in, but by golly, we've got it. So now we have another Lively Works beer. This one is called Amber Ale. Lively Beer Works beer. It is their Amber oh, Lager. Lively, Wor- Lively Beer Works beer. And Amber Lager, not Amber Ale. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, let me restart that. Now we have a Lively Beer Works beer called the Amber Lager. It is 5% alcohol by volume. It is in a pink and purple can, and we are going to have an adventure for the taste buds. So this one has a deeper golden look to it. It's very dark, like a nice amber. Uh, it's not really hazy, but you can't see perfectly through it, but it's pretty clear. Okay, hear me out. Yep, here it comes. You know those white uh, lifesavers, not the mint ones? You've used this before, and no, I don't. No, not the life. I've never used the lifesavers. Oh. It smells like the white lifesavers taste where it's supposed to be like a sweet pineapple, but there's no tart in those little lifesavers. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, for those of you with a refined palate, more uh, refined than Delton's, this smells like one of those white lifesavers, one of the ones that are supposed to be pineapple but have no tart, therefore just smell like sweet. This does have a very sweet smell to it. It's a very, like, malt-forward smell. Pineapple lifesaver-forward smell. Oh, that's an interesting flavor. There's something else in there that I can't put my tongue on, or my finger on, whatever. Hmm. That is a lot lighter than I was expecting. Ooh, that the aftertaste lingers very sweet, very sweet. It's almost got. I can't. I can't describe the flavor well enough. It's like the aftertaste is sweet and low. I don't get that. It is very light. It's nice and uh, carbonated, but not overly carbonated. It has a good finish to it too. Tastes like sweet and low. There's something you say sweet and low, but I don't drink sweet and low. Haley used to put sweet and low in water until I got her to quit. Water and with lime. It's terrible. Terrible. It's what my grandma used to give me as a kid. It has an odd I almost want to say astringency. Yeah. It, it's a very odd, almost soury. Like it, I feel like they use a little bit of wheat malt or wheat mm-hmm. in here. And there's a little bit of that trying to peek through. And there's something. It's not as rich as a typical amber ale. No, it's not. It's a lot, lot calmer. Hmm. I can't put my finger on it, but it's a pretty good beer. I don't think it's nearly as good as their IPA. I think the IPA is the better of the two, but it's not bad. Not, not bad at all. All right. So for the topic today, we just wanted to discuss basically longer two-player games because something that we notice a lot is when you play a two-player only game, they tend to be very short palate cleansers for the most part. And we're talking, you know, morels, patchwork. Hive. Like something like Hive. I think of what other short ones we've got. We have a lot that we play like Watergate now. That one's pushing it. Watergate gets like 3045. Right. So Watergate's starting to creep up there. But that's what we liked about Targi was that Targi went like the full hour. And I think with uh, a couple rules checks here and there, just because I question everything, uh, skeptic it's like and I think it took us like an hour 10 with that we could probably do it in 50 I think so but that's one of the things and I, I I've learned I really enjoy that with two-player games because most of them just want to be palate cleansers like you said and even if you come into uh you know competitive 
like two player card games. Like your your Pokemon, your Magic the Gathering, your Yu-Gi-Oh. Now you've got, you know, a bunch of other ones. Those ones are all like a, a game's pretty quick. But then you look at something like Legend of the Five Rings, which those games take you like 40, 45 minutes mm-hmm. because it's a full game that you're playing. Mm-hmm. It's so different. Or if you're talking Arkham Horror card game, which that can go one to four, but really it's a two-player game. Right. And they actually, the base box is two-player. That's another one that I think it goes a little longer, but has a lot of cool stuff you can do within it. Mm-hmm. So my favorite longer two-player game is definitely Twilight Struggle, where one plays the USSR and one plays the US of A going through the Cold War. And that was one we've played several times. We also have Labyrinth, War on Terror from GMT Games as well. That's another longer two-player game. Oh my god, we played like one phase of it and it took an hour and a half. The rules are more complex than Twilight Struggle. They really are. It was wild, man. I'd like to play that, like a full game of that at some point. But we also have one that we've always talked about, 1960 Making of the President, Mm -hmm. which I got the new, or I got the GMT edition. My other one's the Z-Man edition that we learned and loved, but I did end up uh, getting in their P500 system of the 1960 uh, GMT edition, and so I'm glad I've got that. Amen. But that's another two-player game that happens to be a longer game. So what is it about longer games that tend to be something we kind of like to look for periodically in a two-player? I think for us it's because, especially during quarantine, we, we spend all of our time together. Like, especially these last two weeks and really over these last no, nine or ten months, we spend all of our time together. And we played like the short games, like, yeah, we can play, sit down and you know, play a few games in an hour. But there's something about sitting down and dedicating an hour and a half to two hours to you know, playing with each other. That really, I think that separates like an experience from a memory in a way. I could see that. The, the longer the games, the more it does make a, a lasting memory of what's happening. Like, I have played Monopoly so many times, Mm -hmm. but the one that I remember is the one where you and I played the entire game over like four and a half hours. Yep. We played that whole damn game. And I think that for us, you know, for our game styles, you know, we don't break out longer games too often, but when we do, it's typically for a date or it's for a special occasion or we're trying something new. And so for us, it just marks something special for us. No, not that we don't like the the shorter games, the palate cleanser games. I love me some patchwork. I played that 11 times last time my sister came over. We played Jesus. it 11 times with each other. We uh we tied every time but twice. I mean, we we tied twice and every other time it was either her or I. We we completely tied in all 11 games. My god. It was amazing. That's funny. I guess three times we tied. Anyway, uh but for us, you know, the the longer player games, it's more of a memory. It's more of a full experience. It's a you know, you're getting immersed in something, like a movie. It's kind of like the difference between watching an episode of a TV show and watching a movie. Like, you get this mental investment when you watch a movie. And the same thing with the, the longer games as well. You become engrossed in it, and it becomes your, your activity. It becomes what you're, what you're doing this day. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Because you're, you you're dedicating that time, that brain power, and spending it with somebody or a group of people if it's a longer game with more. But with two-player, it is. It's a way that we can spend... A long amount of time together doing something together and it is it's 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 something to spend time together doing i mean that's really the easiest way to explain it like you said mm-hmm. but i agree I, I think that's a good thing i think longer games tend to also lend themselves toward and i say tend to because they do but strategy games they lend themselves toward longer strategy where you have to think and you have to do this and outsmart your opponent which means you beat me a lot but it's fine and you don't get that as much in the shorter games like you do, obviously, but it's different. 
Right. And like with the longer two player games versus the longer like four, five, six player games, then you're only waiting on one other person. Like for you and I, it's very back and forth, back and forth, except whenever you get analysis paralysis. And I kind of resign yeah. myself to the fact that I just need to sit here and drink my drink. Yeah. But uh, for us, it's very back and forth. It's very, we're very much engaged and we're connected with the game and with each other. And I think that's why we gravitate towards those longer ones so much. I think so. That makes perfect sense. And of course, you can make a lot of longer games, two-player games as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have so many games that are, you know, four players, five players, whatever, that we also play at two. We just like the, a lot of the two-player games because they're built for two players. They're very um, bilaterally designed, just like uh, Twilight Struggle. Like, you have your role that you're playing, and it's versus the other person. And basically, your roles are made to go against each other. And they have different powers. They have different characteristics. But they're made to counter each other. And so I really like the games that are made for two players because it does give it that chess-like element, that duel-like element. It really does. That's something that I like a lot because. I like heavier, more complex games. I really do. Like, all of my favorite games are games that are a lot bigger, a lot more complicated. I enjoy that crunchy, you know, strategy game. I'm not very good at them. I'll admit that right up front. But I like those a lot. But yeah, when you make it a two-player experience, you've cut all the excess out. You've made sure that, that these two players are only playing each other. There's no room for anything else. Because some games that you hop into, like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of anything, but I guess it doesn't really matter. Any game you hop into, if it's built for, like, two to five, the two-player experience is usually feels a little different. It's lackluster in some way. And it's not with every game, but that happens a lot with games. Or you have to modify it in some way to, you know, make it fit for two players to yeah. take out some things. And so sometimes you don't even get the full game at two players. Exactly. And so having a two player only, this is all it does game. It's just very fun. Like it's really enjoyable and it is something we definitely, definitely look for. And I'm ready for a company to kind of dive further into that. And I know that GMT games does a lot, but they also focus on war games Mm -hmm. or war games like style games. I want more of, I guess, just other things. But I also get that that limits your scope of marketing. Mm-hmm. limits your sales because a lot of people want to play with a big group. We just don't play with other people that often because of the pandemic. Well, even outside the pandemic our the amount of times right. we play a game with three or more people versus just me and you is like maybe 15% of the time. I mean, it's hard when you have a hot wife at home to go out anywhere. It's true. Physically, like you're warm right now. I am pretty with your warm. Jacket. I'm very warm with my jacket. Okay. And I'm smoking <laughs> and the fans off. So there you go. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's move into the question and then wrap this up. And now, join us for a Malthouse Games podcast special bite-sized question. The question, De La Episode, is... What is your favorite game length? Nice and simple to the point. Haley? I really like the 45 minutes to an hour one because that way you can schedule in multiple games. It's a longer game. You're not just sitting down for 12 to 20 minutes like you are with Patchwork. It is a long dedication, but afterwards, you're not so brain dead that you can't bust out another one. And I'm going to push it further. I think my favorite is the hour and a half mark, 90 minutes. I think there's a lot of games that we've played that I'm like, oh, I really enjoy this game. Let's play it again or 
I really like this game. I'm ready to play it next time. I want to play it with more people, something. But there's something about the games that hit that 90-minute mark, and whether that's the top end or the bottom end, depending on the game itself, that 90-minute mark to me is where it's like you've dedicated time and effort and brain power and everything into this game, and after 90 minutes of it, that's to me the mark of like, it starts to feel more rewarding to finish. Mm -hmm. When it's 45 to an hour, like that's a really good game length. Like you said, multiple games have new people teaching them something like that. But busting out a 90 minute game, there's, there is, there's something getting to the end where you're like, ah, we did it. Let's add the scores up. Like it's an accomplishment. It is an accomplishment. And like you said, it's kind of like watching a movie versus a TV show. There's 20 minute games, which is a normal TV show. There's games that are 45 to an hour, which is like an HBO show. Then there's the hour and a half to two hours, which is like a full-length movie. They have Twilight Struggle, which is like watching the whole Hobbit trilogy in one day. Uh, basically. And so... Or Twilight Imperium, I'm sorry. Yeah, Twilight Imperium would be watching all of them one day. But that that's just kind of the differences in them. But something about that, like, hour and a half to two hours, especially if it can, like, hour 15 to, to, an, hour, to an hour and a half, that's... That's just where I want to live. Like, if I could do it every day, if every game we played, not every game, if a lot of games we played could hit 90 and that was, like, the prime spot, like, every time we came in five minutes within around 90 minutes. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. Like, if we were right there every time, perfect. Yeah. Because once you hit two hours, some games drag too far. Right. But sometimes an hour feels a little too short for a game. A little bit. (laughs) I don't know. I just enjoy the hour and a half. I do, I do too. Like, I would totally play an hour and a half game oh, with yeah. you right now. I don't know about right now. It's a weeknight at 8.35, and I've got, wow. Uh, okay, I told you guys I was single. Single, ready to mingle. With my puzzle. Me and Cody playing wow. Mm. <laughs> but yes, I think, oh, I don't know why. I just breathed real big, and it like felt relaxing, and I'm like, uh Because we God. got this done before Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, we're not recording on a Sunday morning again. Speaking of Jesus. accomplishments. <laughs> yeah, right? But yes, I think that that is the end of episode number 81 of the Malt House Games podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our show. Please like, share, and subscribe on all social media outlets. Make sure to leave us a review on iTunes, all the things like that. If you have any kind of question for us, comment, concerns, you want us to talk about a game, a topic you want us to discuss, or a question to answer on the episode, you can always send us an email, contact at malthousegames.com. You can also find us on pretty much all social media at Malthouse Games, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S Games. I got to start doing that every single time. (laughs) I'm bad about it. You can also find me personally at Delton Brack, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K. You can find Haley at S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-Y-G-E-E-K. That is at Squirrely Geek. I think that that's going to do it. We will see you all in, oh, hold on. What's two weeks from this episode? When's the next episode? So 11, 12, 13, 14 days is 27, just after Christmas. After Christmas. We'll see you guys after Christmas. Yes. So please, everyone, have a great Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. If not, have a great holiday season. Oh, and happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah's today on Thursday. Oh, is it? Yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah then. Yes. Have a happy, healthy, and safe holiday season. Hopefully you get all the presents you want or at least get to give the ones to family that you loved, even if it's mailed from a distance. And simply 
having a wonderful Christmas time. Oh my god. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. All right, that's going to be enough of this. We will see you all after the holiday season just by a few days. So, again, stay healthy, and until next time, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you folks later. Bye. Bye.